to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. Let's go ahead and turn to Luke 18, verse 1. The title of our message this morning is Prayer Works. How many of you here this morning know that to be the case, that prayer works? We pray for something, we ask the Lord, and we see the Lord at work. We see the, the answer to the prayer, and it's very encouraging when we realize that prayer works. You know, prayer you know, is at work. God's at work as we pray, and it, hopefully all of you can say that, that you've seen you know, prayer work in your own lives. And before we look into our text, uh, one of the most important things we can do as born-again believers is to pray. We're, we're called to be people of prayer. We're called to constantly pray, not just, you know, flippant prayers, but to really just communicate with our Lord, to pray to our Heavenly Father constantly. It's, and it's important that we realize, no matter what, that prayer works, you know, sometimes we don't have immediate results and we wonder, does prayer really work? But we have to realize, even if we don't see immediate results, sometimes those delays is, you know, God's working on us. God's teaching us and he's training us. But we have to keep in mind always that prayer's at work, that God's at work when we pray, that no matter what happens when we pray, we have to know by faith God's working. And we're called to be people of prayer. So with that as a short introduction, let's, let's go ahead and look at our text. Luke 18, we're going to be looking at verses 1 to 8 here this morning. And Luke writes, Then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her, continual, by her continually coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, And shall God not avenge his own elect? who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? This is a parable. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has been telling stories, parables. Uh, a parable, I've mentioned before, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's an earthly story, but it has a heavenly meaning. And, and Jesus often taught that way with illustration and stories. And, and it helps us to understand what he's saying. But if you notice, before he even tells the story, in verse 1, he says, Men also ought to pray, excuse me, always, always ought to pray and not lose heart. Uh, just to take note where it says men, I'm sorry, ladies, but it, it means men and women. So we all need to pray. So it's not just men, it's mankind, basically, men and women. But we always ought to pray, meaning at all times. Even if that word always means at all times. We're not just to pray when we, we eat something. You know, Lord, thank you for this food, and that's the only time we pray. We're to pray always. We're not just to pray, you know, when we get up in the morning, Lord, thank you for this morning, and then we just go about our own way. And No, we're to pray always. 
We're, we're not just to pray, you know, when we go to bed at nighttime, when we go to sleep, you know, it's a good time to pray. Yeah, all those times are good times to pray. But, but here, Jesus is saying that we ought to pray always. We always ought to pray. In other words, at all times. And I don't believe, you know, Jesus is saying that we're always to be on our knees. We're always to have our eyes closed with our hands together. And we're always to bow our head. And, you know, it would be kind of difficult, wouldn't it, to get anything done? So I don't believe that. I don't believe Jesus is saying, you know, always we have to have, you know, we're, we're to, you know, go down on the ground. We're to bend our knee. We're to, to fold our hands. But I, I truly believe that he's, he's saying that, you know, if you will, that we're to keep the phone line to heaven open at all times. In other words, to keep the phone off the hook. To, to, to be in communication so when God wants to talk to you, your heart's already there. You're, you're, the line's open constantly so he can talk to you. And always, whenever we need to talk to him, that, that, that line of communication's always open. We're, we're not to keep it off the hook. My wife's in Marietta uh, at the women's retreat right now, and I've been getting great reports back. She's been calling and texting me and telling me what a wonderful time the ladies are having out there. But she called me yesterday, and I was out on my walk. I was walking, and my phone rang. And, you know, I'm trying to talk to her, but, it, you know, the, car, the call just had a terrible reception. I was like, you know, what did you say? And she says, you know, what did, did you just say something? I says, yeah, and I'm, I'm talking. I didn't realize she couldn't hear me. And then she says, did you say something? I was like, yeah, I said something. So finally, I had to go to an area where I, the phone was, uh, I could, you know, use my cell phone, and I was able to talk to her at that point. But, but I, I thought about that with us, you know. How is your reception with the Lord? How is that reception? Is it clouded out with things of this world? Is, it, is there, there things, are you so busy that, that you're not hearing from heaven? You're not, you're not understanding what the God of all creation is saying to you? I truly believe that we're to, to have that constant communication. We're to constantly be talking with him. When, when difficult times come, Lord, what do I do? When, when things are happening that, that come before us, we're like, Lord, what, what, do you, would have me, what would you have me to do in this case right now? Prayer. Talking to God, simple. Being in constant communication. As a pastor, uh, many times I, I get people that come up to me, I mean constantly, they say, Pastor, I have a question for you. That's usually how people start conversations with me. That, you know, sometimes I don't even know them. Pastor, I have a question for you. It's like, Hi, my name's Joe. What's your name? You know, it's like, just con- you know, I have a question for you. And as a pastor, we're, we're supposed to have the answers. As a pastor, we're supposed to know the Bible. And we're not a, you know, and it, and it's part of what we're supposed to do. But I'll tell you what, if anything brings me in constant prayer, it's that question. And typically when I meet new people, I'm in prayer with the Father. I'm saying, okay, Lord, they, you know, give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Help me to know what to say to this person. When they have questions, help me to have the answer. Help me to take, you know, what their question, take that question that they have and and to be able to rightly divide the word of truth and go right to the word of God to be able to give them an answer to help them. But I think about that and I think, well, that brings me to constant prayer. But am I actually in constant prayer constantly? And are we in constant prayer constantly? And Jesus is saying that very clearly, that we always ought to pray, always. To, to again, keep that, that line open, to constantly be in that communication. I'd like to point out, too, that, that in this par- the parable, the unjust judge you know, ended up helping the widow because of her persistent, you know, persistently coming to, to this unjust judge. But, but I don't want anyone to think that, you know, oh, this is comparing God to this unjust judge. It's not even a little bit. 
God is not unjust. He's a loving father. That it, this, this is illustrating to us that even if an unjust judge will answer this widow that he doesn't even know, how much more your, your God in heaven who loves you, that has a relationship with you, will answer you if you continue just to come to him and he wants you to continue to come to him. And I believe even you know, through this and through you know, what it's saying about, he wants us just to cultivate that relationship with him. So it's not you know, comparing saying, yeah, God in heaven's like this unjust judge. No. It's in contrast. Why don't you, if you can, turn with me back a couple pages to Luke 11, verse 9, if you can, please. Remember when we looked at this, Jesus talking here in verse 9, chapter 11 of Luke. He says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Listen to this, verse 10. For everyone... Underline that. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who s- seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Uh, I- I've pointed this out before, but in the original language, in the Greek, it makes it very clear that, that it's, it's literally saying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. So it's, like, you know, it's not just like, okay, God, I asked you for that. Okay, where's the answer? Okay, God, I knocked one time. Where's it? It's, it's a continual knocking. It's a continual seeking. It's constantly going to him, constantly seeking him for these things, that, 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 those requests and those petitions that you're asking of. Also turn with me. We're going to be a little bit on the Bible bus here this morning. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, if you can make your way there real quick. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Most of you know these verses. Paul the Apostle writing says, Rejoice always. In verse 17, pray without ceasing, meaning constantly praying, and everything give thanks for why? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing. One more time, if you can. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Paul the Apostle writing, he writes, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patience, patient in tribulation, and then this last part, continuing steadfast in what? In prayer, steadfast, meaning continually, constantly in prayer. So throughout the Bible, there's many other scriptures just says, you know, constantly pray. And this is just a reminder for us. I know most of us know this, but it's a reminder that God wants us to continually keep that line of communication open, to continue to pray. If you're a note taker, I love this quote. Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not equip us for greater works. Prayer is the greater work. Prayer does not equip us for greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Prayer itself is the greater. It's not like, okay, if I pray more, it's going to equip me for greater works. No, no. Prayer itself is the greater work. It's one of our great weapons against the enemy of our soul. Prayer. Look at verse 1 again, if you can, back in our text. Men always ought to pray, but then the last part of that, and not lose heart. I believe what can happen is as we pray and we don't have an answer, we can start to lose heart. We can become discouraged. We can, you know, we think of giving up or why should I pray for that anymore? It's not coming to pass. And, you know, Jesus is saying, no, 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 don't do that. Don't lose heart. Keep praying. Don't don't become weary in, in your prayer time. Keep praying. When you're praying for a certain thing and it doesn't, you don't see victory yet, just keep praying. 
Maybe there's an area in your life, maybe you're here today, there's an area in your life that you fall to every once in a while and you fall to it. You've been asking the Lord to take it away. You've been, tur- you've been turning from it. I want to say to you, keep turning from it, but keep praying. I know personally my own life, some of the things, you know, I accepted Jesus Christ into my life and he just delivered me this and that and a bunch of stuff. And it's a, I, I knew that scripture came alive. If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And I'm just walking in new life. But there's some areas in my life that took a while. There's some areas in my life that just, you know, they were alluring to me. And I just like, it pulled me away every once in a while. And, and God, I had to keep praying and keep praying. And, and I had to keep seeking people to pray over me and to pray for me until I got victory in that area. And I believe there's a purpose in those delays. There's a reason. But don't get discouraged when it doesn't come to pass right away. Don't lose heart. It was funny. Years ago when I was a single man and serving at a Calvary Chapel in, in Michigan, and my brother-in-law is the pastor of the church there, and I used to, on Saturday nights, I used to go pick up the bulletins for the church, and so we used to get them printed at Kinko's over there, and I used to love that time because I would share with the staff. I would, you know, witness to them and share the gospel with them, and, and one of the times I was in there just sharing the gospel, and, and one of the kids says, can I talk to you? And I said, sure, and he goes, he says, well, you know, my girlfriend just left me. And he says, I'm really going through a hard time. He says, you know, this, uh, this stuff you're talking about, Jesus. He says, um, you know, I, I, I want to hear more about this Jesus. So I told him more. And I said, do you want to pray? And he, he prayed to receive Christ right there. And it was so exciting. It was like, wow, this is fruit from the labor. You know, this is so good. But check this out. This, so this young kid, you know, after we prayed, he says, you know, he says, I really have a strong desire to be married. And I thought I was going to marry this, this girl and da, 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 da. And I says, well, let's pray. You know, so I prayed over him and earnestly prayed, Lord, just please, you know, his, the desires of his heart, Lord, and may you bring it to pass. And I just earnestly prayed for him, you know. And so, you know, he went his way. About a week or two later, he comes up to me. He's with a girl already. And not only with the girl, they're, they're saying, he says, you know, I know it's a little early yet, but we really think God's bringing us together and we're going to get married and we're so excited and this is great. And I was so happy for him. And I say, that is great. But I'm thinking, I'm still single. I've been praying for years. <laughs> and for a little bit, I mean, for a minute, just discouragement tried to get in my heart. Like, oh yeah, God, thanks. You answered his prayer. But there's a purpose for that delay. There's a purpose for that waiting time. Ruth Bell Graham, the wife of Billy Graham, said, if God answered every prayer of mine, she said, I would would have been married to the wrong man seven times. (laughs) And sometimes you don't get what you ask for because God has something better in store for you. But he always has a purpose in his delays. I know I've mentioned this before, or maybe those of you that haven't heard this, someone once said, God's delays are not God's denials. And I'm so thankful for that. God's delays are not his denials. God always has a purpose in those delays. I think of the wonderful story of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. How she desired to have a son so desperately, and she prayed continually year after year. She kept praying and kept praying. And the, it tells us in the, in the story that the Lord closed up the womb of Hannah. The Lord did. 
And finally, she became so desperate, if you know this story, that she finally made a vow. She said, Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you for your service. All the days of his life, I'll commit this son to you. I'll I'll bring him to the temple. You can have this son, that you can use this son for your purpose and your plan to serve you all the days of his life. Guess what? That's exactly what God was hoping for. Because there was not a righteous leader in Israel. There there wasn't a righteous man. So so God was putting it in her heart. God was delaying that answer of prayer because God had a purpose in the delay. And as we know, Samuel ended up being the leader of Israel. And Samuel ended up being a, a righteous, godly man. The one that even anointed King David to be the next king. But it was, came through prayer and it came through a delay of prayer. As she waited... She finally came in tune with the will of God. As I said before, God always has a purpose in his delays, but part of that purpose is to do a greater work in us. Part of that delay is to do a greater work in us that we might understand his will. We might understand what he wants and what he desires, just like Hannah's case. As we look at our story, this parable with this widow, you know, God's not like this unjust judge. God cares about us. He has a plan in those delays. And I think about, as I prayed for a wife and I was waiting years to be married and wondering if God would ever answer that prayer. I waited five years in prayer. My wife waited 10 years. She she tells me that she needed double the work. I don't know if that's true or not. but, But I can tell you, looking at, that whole situation, I can tell you, I appreciate my wife because of the delay. I truly appreciate her. I, I believe if I would have prayed and instantly God gave me a wife, I don't believe I would appreciate her in the way that I appreciate her because of that delay and that waiting time. But because of that waiting time, now I, it's precious to me. I'm like, Lord, I didn't even think I was going to get married. I thought I was going to be a bachelor for the rapture. I thought I was going to you know, just wait I really, I honestly, I laid it on the altar. I thought, I'm going to be single until Christ comes. And I just, I'm like, okay, I I don't desire that. It's not what I want. But if that's what you want, God, I'll submit it to you. And and then when the Lord brought my wife, it brought such a great appreciation. Because she waited double the time, she double appreciates me, I believe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. But men always ought to pray and not lose heart. A point I'd like to make with this is, as believers, we must believe and trust as we seek the Lord in prayer. He's always working on our behalf to help us, always. We need to trust that. Let's look at verse 7, back in our text, if we can. In verse 7, it says, And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge, or he will bring justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, this is the part I want to point out, will he truly find faith on the earth? I believe this connects us to chapter 17, talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes during the time of tribulation, when Jesus Christ comes back for the second time, when he comes back to rule and reign. It's saying, you know, Jesus is saying, am I really going to find faith on the earth? Am I going to find people that trust me? But I think also in the context of this, he's saying, will I find people that that will pray and trust me with their lives? 
And I, I believe, you know, for us to look at this in a way to say, are we really believing as we pray that God is going to work on our behalf? Or do we really believe that? And we should. And I, I believe there's a, an attack against our thoughts when we pray for something where we'll doubt. We'll think, well, does God really care about this? And, and if you have that attack, you need to dispel that attack. Yes, God truly cares about every situation in your life. Heard a story about a lady who was rushing to the mall to, to buy some stuff or whatever she was buying. But uh, as she made her way to the mall, I guess it was pouring real hard and she forgot her umbrella. So she drove into the parking lot and she says, please, please, Lord, help me find a good parking spot that I don't have to get too wet. And, you know, please open up a parking spot. And as she's praying that prayer, the very first parking spot opens up in front of the doors. And she says, well, never mind, Lord, I found one. <laughs> Are we really trusting God? Believe me, when that happens, I'm always like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you pray over parking spots? (laughs) I know I do that, too. (laughs) Let's go back in the Bible bus, if you can. 1 John chapter 5, talking about trusting as we pray. A wonderful cross-reference. 1 John 5.14, John the Apostle speaking, says, Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. You notice that? I put stars next to confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So this is the confidence he wants us. He wants to be confident as we pray. If we pray according to his will, he hears us. And not only does he hear us, look what it says. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of him. We have that petition. In other words, if it's according to his will, no matter what it is, if you're praying according to his will, God is going to answer that and God will allow you to have that. God will bring it to pass. But it says this is the confidence that we have. As, as, as Jesus is saying, you know, that will he find faith in the earth? We're to trust and believe that and be confident when we pray for something. Anything according to God's will, it'll come to pass. He will bring it to pass. And then you might say, well, how do we know God's will? Well, we stay in here. We stay in the Bible. We keep seeking him and we keep asking him and he'll confirm those things. But when we know it's his will, pray confidently, don't waver. Someone once said, God's disappointments, or excuse me, our disappointments are God's appointments. Our disappointments are God's appointments. Prayer. Let's turn. I don't want to say last time, but I think it's the last time. Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 19. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, we, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The author of Hebrews is saying, Did you notice that in in verse 19? Having boldness to enter the holiest. It doesn't mean, you know, to be sheepish, like, oh, I don't know if God wants to talk to me. I don't know if I, you know, I messed up again. I said this wrong or I did that wrong. No, no, no. By the blood of Jesus Christ, you confess your sins to the Lord. You're forgiven. You can come boldly before the throne of grace with full confidence. Did you notice that? And did you notice the holiest? The holiest place? Do you you know what that is? In the temple, there was the holy of holies. 
And, and only the high priest can go in once a year. And they would, you know, when as he went in once a year, do you remember they would, they would tie a, a rope around his, his ankle just in case he wasn't, you know, clean enough. And, you know, God might smite him dead because he had to be ceremonially clean to, in order to enter in. So they would tie a rope around him and they'd wait. And then he had bells on his robe. So if they didn't hear the bells moving too long, they would pull on the rope, I guess, and pull him out just in case. The holy of holies. We can enter in. In heaven, there's a place, the holiest place, the holy of holies. And as blood-bought saints of the living God, we can enter in confidently with all assurance and ask him and go in there before his very presence. I, I don't know about you. I'm excited about that. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. Glory.